Oh, this is going to be a good one. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions live on a live, I mean, live-ish. From our brand new studio on the north side of Indianapolis. Yeah, we moved out of the Carmel area. Why? The riffraff. Joining me, as often, is uh, Damien Dunn from Studio North. Hello, Dame. Hey, Pete. Trying something different today. You not staring at each other in person, but we are looking at each other via cameras. The miracle of technology. I did think it also warranted like a new start to the show. And I wanted to try out something and see if you think it would grab attention. Let's hear it. All right, so let's see if this works. This week on a very special Pete the Planner show, Damien becomes a man. <laughs> Do you like that? Uh, is this appearing right after Days of Our Lives? I don't know. First question, here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. We answer your financial question. Uh, and uh, here's the first one. It's from a fellow named Craig. Spelled... Uh, Spelled as you would expect, Dame. You ever see the the uh, you know the alternate spelling of Craig? Craig with a K? No, there's several, and I'm just not for them. Okay. You know, I really like. I'm a very tolerant person. I am very accepting. I'm inclusive. But when people spell their names in alternate ways, it I lose my mind. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Did I get upset about that? Yeah. Dear Pete, I've known this rule for many years, and it really ticks me off. I Should I start reading this in an angry voice? I believe in, <laughs> in holding my children accountable for their education and developed a merit-based system for assisting them with a college education. I'm under This guy developed a merit-based program. Dave. Good on him. Yeah. Uh, I'm under the belief that paying for college is not something the government should be able to dictate to me. So I told my three sons... Uh, early that this is how it works number one you think he said it in this voice number one <laughs> gary you think it's one of his sons is the gary chip i'll pay room and board for year number one uh but if you don't have a 3.0 average at the end of the year then you're responsible for future semesters until you have a 3.0 gpa or higher uh of course this is not affected by the 529 rule is what he says but we'll get to the 529 rule Number two, uh, my sons are required to take student loans for tuition, books, and fees at the end of the semester. I would assume responsibility of that loan based on performance. And A means I assume 100%, B is 75%, and C is 50%, and anything below that is 0%. Okay? Are you with me okay. so far? Yep, got it. So basically, he will reimburse, he will pay their student loans back. If they don't uh, mess up, but if they do poorly, he's not paying. Right. So based on number two above, which I just uh, described, if he, uh, I'm back to him reading. It makes it easier if I'm, I'm in first person as him. If I can show that the student loan only has qualified expenses charged to it, then why are 529 distributions disqualified? Make it hard to use this accountability system when most of the money I have set aside is in 529s course i wasn't aware of this when setting up the 529 plans so before we go much further because he has further questions we we understand what's going on here right sure he wants to use the 529 money 
to deal with his merit-based system and pay back the student loans. Unfortunately, that is not allowed. Yeah, Uncle Sam says that is not a permitted use of 529 funds. You cannot use them to repay college loans, even if they were used for qualified expenses. His second question and point, he said, I am divorced, and this site even references merit-based agreements, which uh, my divorce agreement has language concerning number one and number two above. So he put what he just said in his divorce decree? Apparently. I'm technically the non-custodial parent, even though our one son splits time evenly between us, and I claimed him on taxes last year. How does this affect the 529 plan? I'm the owner, not the mother. Thanks and hope to hear your response. Where to begin? Um, first, I, we'll start somewhere where I think there's a, a really good idea in here. I think talking about college expenses, if you're going through a divorce um, and getting that laid out, knowing who's going to be responsible for what, I think that's very wise by all parties involved. I, I agree. I, I think, yeah, it's, it's exactly right. I think every family should, should choose an actual plan. This is an actual plan. Mm-hmm. Most most people don't do this, Dame. What they do is they say, "Well, we'll figure it out." No, this guy has figured it out to to the dotting and I's and crossing the T's stage. He's just short of that. Yeah, and sometimes you'll see. Uh, all right, they'll plan based on uh, I'll pay X percent of state tuition or whatever school you enroll in, whichever is less. And so you can start to put some qualifiers in there to try and you know get a really good idea of what your expenses are going to be. You know, I think this is complex for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, a, a lot of parents say, I want my kids to have skin in the game and, and mm-hmm. to, to pay for as much, which is frankly an old fashioned idea that I'm glad still exists. Unfortunately, how it works in practice today is not how most parents think it will go down. No, no, it's not. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I like uh, the concept of kids being able to have a share in the expense of, of college, but it's becoming a thing of the past. Now, this guy's version is especially interesting because he, what he doesn't do, he doesn't say, well, I'm going to pay for the first semester or whatever, and then you're on your own completely. What he's saying is, if you do well, oh, I actually do have money for you. I just might not pay it if you if you don't do well i i gotta be honest dame i've never seen someone save money specifically for college in a 529 and then dangle it as a carrot slash stick for performance i don't think i've ever seen that either now that you frame it in that that uh that way i i don't think i've seen it either and uh craig spelled correctly uh if you're listening to this which you probably will because i'm gonna send you the audio um I, i'm not being critical of this in the sense that you know you're a bad parent, but by all means, you're a great parent. You've done make make good decisions here. But Dame, I'm sort of it's really inefficient in my estimation to use a specific college funding tool that has certain tax provisions around paying for college and use it as a motivation device. Yeah, that's not the ideal way to set this up. Um, and like he said, he, he's very upfront. He says he didn't understand this when he was setting up the 529 plan. So there was, sure. um, it, I'm assuming, I'm guessing, he probably set these up online thinking he was doing the absolute right thing. He already had his uh, his plan in place in his head. And he said, this is perfect. It's, it's going to do everything I want it to. And there just wasn't that little bit of knowledge shared with him. Because 
frankly, if, if I'm in his shoes and I look and see what qualified expenses are, tuition, room, board, uh, technology, all that fun stuff, great. I, I can use those to pay off all those things. And if it's inside of a student loan, who cares? And it's not necessarily an intuitive thing to know that you couldn't use a 529 plan to pay off a student loan. I get questions on that, on that very thing fairly regularly. You know, th- there's legislation right now, the SECURE Act, that could potentially uh, get people to a point where they could use 529 money to pay off student loans. Actually, in fact, I don't know if that's uh, that's wrong. Congress is talking about it separately from the SECURE Act, but what the SECURE Act would allow people to do, there would be a lifetime limit of $10,000 allowed per borrower to be used from a 529 without any penalties or tax consequences. Dame, which is to suggest that this guy, Craig, spelled correctly, could actually withdraw the money from his 529 if that goes through to the tune of $10,000 uh, to have this non-qualified expense, which is the student loan repayment. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, the other option, which isn't going to make anybody happy, is just to take a non-qualified withdrawal and pay taxes and penalty on it and then use it. But then... You know, that's, that's a horrible situation. Who wants to do that? Man, I, my head is spinning on this question because it is really, it's good parenting, right? He is prepared. He is trying to get the most out of his student. He is still parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we hit the break. Dane, we got to go. Uh, coming up after the break, more of your money questions here on the Pete the Planner Show. back on the Pete the Planner show. Damien Dunn in studio, in his own studio up north, and uh, I'm here in our new offices in the north side of Indianapolis. I have a studio. Yeah, it's it's different, but we can make this work, Pete. Long distance relationship. Dear Pete, long time listener. Great show. Uh, Thank you, Adam. My wife and I were thinking about opening a separate savings account for my kids. They're five and two years old. Can you imagine how loud things are there, Dame? Yes, I can. My kids are 10 and 7, and our car ride to Yosemite, which I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes, the loud, they're so loud at 10 and 7. 5 and 2 is loud, but it actually just gets louder. Yeah, I, I'm wondering when that stops, and I think it'll probably be when they're uh, 21 and 19 and out of the house. Can we have an old guy conversation real quick? Yeah, let's do it. How upset do you get when you don't know where you're at, and so you're looking for a turn, like you're in a different city, and you're looking where to turn, you're trying to deal with GPS, and your kids are screaming. Do you get frustrated that you can't concentrate on what to do, and then you yell like a sitcom dad? I'm going to plead the fifth on that. Okay. Uh, Back to the email. I wanted to put some extra cash in there and get them started for a long road ahead on finance. The question is, should I open a savings account or a checking account? Also, should I open these separate from my current bank and look for the highest percent of yearly savings? Thanks, Adam. All right, dude, these are the sort of questions that you end up sort of answering all day long. No? Yeah. um, First, I I think he's doing a great thing. Another another great parenting moment here. Right. Uh, We just had one last segment. Oh, I've got another one going here. Um. And I have nothing against using an online savings account. I 
encourage people to check them out all the time. The, the yield that you get on those are way higher than what you can get at your, your local bank or even credit union right now. But there's one thing, one part of this um, experience that I'm wondering if it's important or, and the more I thought about this yesterday as I was looking at this question, is it going to become something that's a thing of the past? I remember when I was a kid going to the bank and putting the money uh, on the desk and sliding it across the uh, to the teller and you know getting the little passbook back and, and having it written in. Is there something of value to that? That, that? that whole transaction of taking the money to the bank and, and depositing it where on online bank, it's just going to be a transaction. It's going to be a click of a keystroke. And it's going to seem, I don't know, uh, superficial to a, to a kid. You know, I, I'm with you, and, and I, I have held that belief and that thought, but it's evolved to, that's great, that's quaint, that's cute, but we're going further toward a modern world where that experience of them walking into the bank, where it still means something to you and I because we sort of have straddled how money ha- has flowed, it's just not the reality for them. I, when I was a kid, I, I remember going to the bank with my mom. Um, it was funny, I watched like a... I stayed up too late one night and watched some show in which a guy robbed a bank on TV and he wrote like, uh, give me the money and he slid it on a note across the teller's desk. So when my mom didn't know this, but when we went to the bank, she told me we were going to the bank. I wrote, I give me all your suckers on a piece of paper. <laughs> and so we went to the bank and I pulled it out of my pocket and she wasn't looking and I slid it across the table and the teller looked at it and knew us. And my mom was mortified. She was so mad. I thought she was going to kill me. Because she thought I tried to rob this bank of suckers. I guess the important thing is, did you get the suckers? I got one. Well, but she, she didn't let me have it. She threw it away. Which you know what? Let's just be honest. That's a there's starving kids out there. Could have had that little hit of sugar that would have enjoyed that. So you know, look, I, I agree with you in practice that like I would like kids to have the the classic feeling of of savings. I just don't think it's realistic given that. Who knows what sort of currency they'll be using as adults? I mean, twenty years from now. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I and that's why I said I, you know, when I started this out, I was like, yeah, go and use an online account. But the the old man in me said, yeah, you're missing out on part of that experience and part of the, you know, the, I wonder if the tangibility is that a word? If it isn't, it is now. Of of actually going and doing something uh, with that money and and taking it from your hand and giving it to somebody when. Oh, it's now it's just uh, you know a couple keystrokes and it's over and done with. And I I don't know if if that translates to a child as it, as it would an adult. We know what's going on there. I think uh, online checking account in this situation is probably the best for a five and a two year old. I think uh, savings definitely over checking. There's just no reason to have ready access to it. And Dame, I usually am not against people going to a different bank than their regular bank and this and that, but I think it makes it especially uh, easy to deposit into that separate bank when it's an online bank, right? It's just a click, 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 whereas if it's a physical bank, it's a little harder to get in there. Sure. Uh, that's one of the advantages to an online bank. I mean, it's the apps on your phone. You've probably got an app for uh, for your bank as well, but as long as you've got a, an app for that online institution, you can initiate that transfer and they'll pull it over automatically for you. So I, mean, I guess if you want your kids involved, let them hit the button on your phone. I, I don't know, but it, it, uh, 
it, it's it can certainly be done that way. I opened uh, checking or say checking savings accounts for my kids when they were born. I mean, I remember very specifically. And the funny thing is, I think the initial deposits and then maybe like birthday money and stuff like that from like twenty five bucks here or there from grandma is, is in that account. But Dame, if I'm putting any money for them away personally, it's just going into their five twenty nine plan. Uh, but disclaimer, 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 this is not an official commercial for the college choice 529 savings plan. What do you do like in those situations? You guys have savings accounts or you just throw it into college funds? We've got savings accounts for, um, building habits for them, you know, getting used to saving money, uh, and, yeah. and instilling that into them. But we've got, um, 529s that we've, we funded fairly aggressively, um, for, Oh gosh, I don't even know how many years now, but it's it's doing all right. Um, so I, I, there's both sides of it. I guess it depends on what's the goal for the money. It seems like we've come back to this a, a few times in the last few weeks. Is uh, if you're setting aside money for education, yeah, absolutely go for it and put it establish a five twenty nine account, put it in there. Uh, if you're trying to teach your kids about how to use and value money, a savings account's a heck of a tool to do that. No, I. I absolutely agree. You know, I, another thing sticks out to me here is, and, and we've seen this recently, and we actually saw this in the first segment. Good intention is is wonderful, of course, it's good, but sometimes overcomplicating a situation, even when armed with good intention, will have negative consequences. So you look at the the dad from the first email. If you missed it, go to petetheplanner.com slash podcast, and you can listen to this episode. Episode I think it's episode three nineteen. We're getting up Damn, there. How about that? I don't know. I could be wrong. Could be episode 450. No one cares. Uh, I think sometimes good intention plus complicated way of doing things results in a little bit of a miniature disaster. It certainly can. Um, it's keep it simple, it, stupid, right? Yeah, there's there's no reason to overcomplicate this. It, and it, how many goals are you really going to try and accomplish in this instance? Um, you know, savings accounts are good tools that your your kid's not going to get rich by no by contributing into a savings account so you're really trying to build habits uh, with with a savings account um 529 account that's a that's a different story you want to make sure that you're uh explaining to them what a 529 account is for and uh and how it's going to benefit them and why it's important to put money in there with the 45 seconds we have left i have to tell you and tell everyone if you've not been to yosemite national park you have to go. You have to go. If you can go, you have to go. Family went on our family vacation uh, first week of July to Yosemite. It, it's in, it's Dame. It's crazy, and it it looks it looks fake. It's so real. It looks fake. It looks like Disney made it, except for the fact that at any given time you can die because it's real nature, which just makes for an exhilarating family vacation. I I want to go now. Do you think they'll put that in the brochure? Pete the Planner says it's exhilarating because you could die at any time. Dan, we're going to take a break. Coming up after the break, more of the show. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show, it's the good parenting do neat things for your kids edition of the show. Damien Dunn is in Studio North. Queen name your studio like something something cool. 
can I sell naming rights to my studio? Like like yeah, all yes. the big radio stations do? Yes. You know what? We should sell naming rights to my studio. Why didn't we think of this sooner? Well, is this an appropriate conversation for air? I think it's the most appropriate. Like, here's the thing. If you're listening right now and you want to have studio naming rights to what was otherwise known as the nameless studio, hit me at askpete at com. Dane, we did have one person last week email and say, you are funny. Yes, I, I printed it out and it's framed on my wall. You know, that doesn't, it says less about you and it says more about that person's taste to me. Well, I, I don't think that was a kind thing to say to either of us. Well, no, I don't know. She's also said that I'm funny too. So she's pretty, she's yeah, 50 50. Uh, so, Dame, uh, I got a question this week. I'm not going to read it. I'm just sort of, because it, it was a back and forth and, and these sorts of things. Uh, so I just want to work through it. Uh, but in order to discuss it, we have to get people up to speed if they don't know what power percentage is. So we should do that. Yeah, go for it, man. So power percentage is a metric that you can use to determine how efficient you are with your income. Okay, so that's the baseline, Dame. It says a person has an income. How good are they at using that income to move their financial lives forward? That's what it does on a surface, but it does some other things. It can sniff out lifestyle creep, which is when your income goes up and your lifestyle goes up too. It can display your ability to create financial independence. It can tell you what sort of decisions you're making in regards to financing a piece of real estate and how that goes well. And it rewards you for paying down debt. So often people, when in debt, I guess I would just say they get in their feelings and they get upset and they don't feel like they're moving their lives forward. But the reality is they are. And so power percentage will reward them from that. So I'm going to show you how to calculate it right now. And by show, I mean verbally. So Dame, choose. Uh, let's choose just a round gross monthly income. Okay, you about, choose it. Uh, about $5,000. Thank you for choosing that. It's weird. I feel like I was trying to like telepathically send you five thousand dollars and you you received it did you feel something i I, well yes (laughs) all right five thousand dollars okay now what we want to determine i'm going to list some positive activities and i want you to just choose numbers of these positive activities hypothetical you're going to keep track of them too because i'm not writing this down uh and then we will calculate a person's power percentage so gross monthly income of course gross means pre-tax pre-everything pre-retirement plan contribution pre pre pre-everything so if a person with a $5,000 gross monthly income, Dame, what would their salary be? $60,000. Just checking your math. It was a little slow. You came back a little slow there. Okay. Sorry, I, w- I was focusing on the things I know that are to come and trying to make the numbers work in my head. So Yeah. All right. Yeah, good job. Okay. So number one, uh, retirement plan contributions through your employer, both yours and your employers. And Dame, we write these down on a monthly dollar amount. Uh format, right? Monthly sure. dollar amount. So not, oh, I put in 10%. Shh. Calculated the dollars, yours and theirs. So Dame of a $5,000 income, choose one. What do you want? Uh, let's do uh, let's do $500. Okay. Is that uh, your contribution or is that your employer's match? Or is uh, it both? That's, that's going to be the employee contribution. The employer okay. match will be $200. Okay. So, so far we've got $700 by my math, right? You are correct. Yes, things are going well. Next, any other retirement plan, college, investments, or savings that the person makes on a monthly basis 
needs to go down. So let's I don't do, know, give uh, yourself a Roth or a 529. What do you want to do? Let's do 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Okay. And what, just for fun, what, what's it going into? Uh, it's going into a, uh, a 529 as a cool thing to do as a parent. Wow, that's fun. That's fun. Okay, so, so far we're at 750 bucks. I'm keeping track. Next up, Dame, is... Oh, by the way, if you include savings uh, deposits in this section, just regular into a savings mm-hmm. account, don't include ones that go to pay for the holidays or vacations. This is just money that has no purpose that's set aside to create stability, not pre-planned spending, right? Right, yep. Next up is... The amount of your mortgage principal that is paid back in any given month. Okay, so Dame, let's say you have a $1,000 mortgage payment. A percentage of that, a, a dollar amount of that is actually going to pay back the loan. The rest is going to interest, property taxes, and insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think of a hypothetical $1,000 mortgage payment? What do you want to choose as the amount that actually pays back the loan? Um, we'll use... Um... 350 right now. 350 dollars. We're now at 1100 total on this list of, of good activities, just for those wondering. Next up, Dame, um, is paying off consumer debt. Now, this is an interesting one because we give people a little bit of relief here. We allow them to pay put all your payments on there. Credit card payments, student loan payments, medical debt payments. You cannot put transportation payments, no car payments, truck payments horse payments, pogo sticks, whatever you're into, you can't put them. But if you do have consumer debt, specifically credit cards, which you are not using, right, Dame, you can't put everything on the credit card, consider it into power percentage, and then just pay it off at the end of the month. We're not trying to get points here. We're trying to get efficiency. Uh, So if you're paying off debt, you get to include it. Dame, I would say in this example, you probably don't have any debt. Is that? that I was going to say no no debt. Okay. If you have debt, you get to include it here. Uh, And then that's it. That's it. You can also include HSA contributions in there if you don't blow through your HSA money. You can include permanent life insurance premiums in there if you want to. You can include regular charity payments there if you want to. Now, you add all those things up and you divide by the gross monthly income. So, Dame, I think we were at $1,100 for you, right? Yes. Divided by $5,000. So, your power percentage is what? 22%. 22 percent that falls uh low on the good range right the the this here's the key if your power percentage is 10 percent or below that is bad and if you are a work by the way power percentage generally only works for working people Mm -hmm. for retired people it's not necessarily representative of your financial health but for people who have an earned income via work uh, it is very representative 10 percent or below is bad It, it is you either have debts and you're not paying them, or you have no debt, but you're not saving any money. 11 to uh, 20% Dame is, it's good. Yeah, it's fine. Thanks. I did a good job. Yeah, 21 to, yeah, well, you're 21 to 34, oh, which is good. Yeah. Right, yeah. you're in that range. You know, the low end is good. And then 35 and above is perfect. I did seven minutes and 45 seconds of setup to give you the question the guy asked that's, this week. That's How's that? That's going to be really efficient use of time. We'll answer it next week here on the Pizza Planner <laughs> show. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, no. The the his question was he gets a bonus at the end of the year, and he wanted to know how to calculate that into his power percentage. Now, there's two ways to do it, right? You can 
take that bonus and let's say it's a $12,000 bonus to make this easy. Uh, and then you just divide by uh, 12 and you add $1,000 of income per month. You can do that. I think that's the harshest way to do it because it holds you accountable to making good decisions for that money throughout the year. Or what you can do is just have a, a running monthly power percentage that you know that doesn't include the bonus and then do a snapshot bonus, or pardon me, a snapshot power percentage at the end of the year that includes the bonus and what you did with it. Would you do it any different than that? Um, those are two really good ways. If I'm being completely honest, uh, I'd probably just do something positive with the money that would normally impact my power percentage, but not get too hung up on how it's going to affect one individual month. You know, I got it a few years ago. Um, I calculated my power, when I was developing power percentage, I, I partially developed it so I would see what I did with my bonus and how it actually affected my life. So I like the question. I think the harshest way, again, the, the most stringent way to do it is to divide it into your monthly income. But I've gotten to the point where I just deal with my monthly income, I have my monthly power percentage, and then I just take a snapshot at the end of the year once I've done something with that money. And that is accurate as well. Dame, coming up after the break is biggest waste of money of the week. I have a good one and I have a bad one and some financial current events. All that is next here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show from our new studios, Dame. New studios. Yeah, yet to be named. Yet to be named for naming rights. wonder if the radio station will get mad if I'm selling naming rights to my own studio. I'm mm. an entrepreneur, though. That's right. Hit me up. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Subject line, take my money, Pete. Uh, the Smart Snore Eye Mask. The Smart Snore Eye Mask is able to detect snoring through advanced bone-conducted technology and a unique snore recognition algorithm. It then utilizes a progression of 36 levels of physical intervention using micro-vibrations to eliminate the cause of snoring. <laughs> With the Bluetooth-enabled companion app, you can collect and monitor data on your snoring-related status and the health of your sleep. It's $59.99 down from $89. Dame, I've got <clears throat> so much. I have a new cough button, and I just coughed into the mic. It's, it's going to take a while to get used to it, Pete. If you listen to this show for the coughs, find yourself a new podcast because soon the coughs are gone. <laughs> um, do you think anyone listens for the coughs? Uh, there's probably somebody out there that really enjoys coughs. I want a t-shirt that says, I do it for the coughs. Yeah, maybe not. This came out wrong. Yeah. What do you think about this? The smart snore eye mask. Is this trying to replace the, the tool that spouses have used for decades? So it's a pillow? Oh, a pillow. My wife throws a hard bony elbow into my ribs and sometimes a closed fist. Ooh, yikes. Yeah, Mrs. Planner is a firecracker. Well. She will she is my physical intervention when I snore. Uh, you know what? I have to admit, this is a really interesting thing. But I'm intimidated by the phrase physical intervention. Yeah, 36 levels of it? I mean, is it what, is, what does it start off as, and how are they graduated enough for 36 levels? And I've thought, I've thought about this. I think level one is just like a little tap to your temple, just a little, 
wake up day. Okay. How, how big? How big's the mask? I don't. I have no idea. Uh, it, it looks like a sleep mask, a little bigger than a sleep okay. mask. But the weird thing is, it's got like a plastic piece in the forehead area, just a very small plastic piece. So it makes me feel like if you're if you sleep on your face, do you sleep on your face, Dame? Like you just so, face down, like you're dead. No, like directly down on your nose and face. It would hurt just, if you did that. Just just praying for the end to come. Yeah, just like <laughs> Lord take me. Okay, level two of intervention. It's just a little bit harder. It's and what happens is there's a guy like a cuckoo clock with a little hammer that pops out and just hits you in the eye. Now level thirty six is advanced. A German shepherd runs into your room that has been summoned via Bluetooth, and it bites you below the waist. Ooh, and you wake up. That would get that. Yeah, that would get your attention. There's another item of biggest waste of money of the week that I saw, and you know what? I'm gonna be honest, Dame. I kind of want one of these, and if I had one, man, you would make fun of me, and literally everyone else I come in contact with. These are the best the the things that we claim as waste of money, but then we secretly want. So I'm I'm I want to know. All right. The charging cable bracelet double wrap made from denim and silver, a sublime combination of style and contemporary practicality. This charging cable bracelet serves double duty as both a charging cable and a handsome accessory that's always with you when you need it. Water resistant and made from genuine leather, it's a reliable way. To make sure you're always at a hundred percent. So, Dame, it's like this little wrap bracelet that is actually just like a cool-looking USB cable, but it looks like a bracelet, and it clasps together. You take it apart, and you can charge your devices with it. As a business traveler, uh, let me tell you, having a cord readily available without having to dig through your bag is so great. I think this is a brilliant. But then I'm bracelet guy. Does it? So it doesn't carry a charge itself. It just connects you to power. Yeah, it just connects you to, I mean, yeah, it connects you to whatever USB hub is around that that also has juice on the other end. But the bigger the bigger issue here is you've got to be a bracelet guy. You a jewelry guy? Not I can really. see you rocking a gold chain every once in a while with like a I basketball charm on it. I have not rocked a gold chain since <laughs> middle school. I had a basketball charm and a football charm that I with, used to wear with, on with a your gold. numbers on them. No, no, just the, just a sort of, a, I don't know, just like an image of a basketball and a football and I'd switch them seasons, you know, like during oh, football absolutely. season. Yeah. Yeah. Not Wear weird. those to the mall with the letter Do jacket. Do kids have video game controllers on their gold chains now? Probably. Or do they 3D print the gold chains? That'd be pretty cool. So I don't know. It's a, it's a good, it's a, I think it's a good item. Did I come up with two good items this week that are actually supposed to be waste of money? It's $27.99. That's an expensive charging cable, if we're being honest. But it's leather and denim. I know. Ooh. Dame, what's in the financial current events this week? So we have talked about, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we talked about um, free college and the cost of college and uh, student loan forgiveness and, and all that fun stuff. Kalamazoo, Michigan actually does something that's pretty unique. If, if you uh, attend school, uh, public school, you're a child that goes from you know, kindergarten through 12, and you live inside the city limits at Kalamazoo, there's a group that will pay your tuition to any public school in the state of Michigan and a handful of private schools in Michigan as okay, well. Okay, I, I have so many questions. Let's first start with, is there a Kalamazoo Zoo 
in Kalamazoo, Michigan? And do they just call it the Kalamazoo? I'm well. One, I'm pretty confident there is a zoo, and two, if they don't, they should. I mean, that's like the if they don't, I don't trust anyone who runs that place. Yeah, where are you going? The Kalamazoo. Yeah, it just makes sense. Question number two: uh, Are you doing this so people move there, and and then like is this? Yeah, is that what this is about? That was part of it. Um, they uh, a number of years ago, actually late '90s, I believe, mid to late '90s, uh, Kalamazoo really started losing some population. They were going through a, the same thing that a ton of um, mid-sized urban areas were going through. A lot of uh, uh, flight from their areas out into the suburbs, and they were really starting to um, feel it. And so they tried to figure out a way that they could start bringing people back to the city itself. And a private group stepped up and said, here's what we're willing to do. And they've noticed some success. They, the Kalamazoo downtown area is starting to be revitalized. Families are moving back inside the city limits. And uh, they're having some success at getting kids into the area and then on through college. Now, if you look at the demographics <laughs> of who's doing that uh, and who's succeeding through college, it starts to get really interesting but that's probably a topic for another conversation. Well, I, I think too, in Indianapolis, uh, where we broadcast out of, they have a huge initiative to not only get kids through college, but more importantly, to keep the talented graduates in Indianapolis. I wonder if Kalamazoo has dealt with that. They've got this amazing, theoretically amazing program, and wonder if the people then leave after they got the free education from Kalamazoo. I don't remember if there is a um, stipulation to return to Kalamazoo, but I don't think there, there is. I, I don't think there is. I, th I, I think, think the, the carrot is dangled specifically for the parents to get to move back in to have an immediate effect in uh, the downtown area rather than require the kids to come back. And uh, it was the place in Ohio that we looked at uh, a couple months ago, probably now, wasn't it? Because we uh, we were comparing either buying a, yeah. a rundown jalopy uh, yes. in Italy versus... Yeah. Uh, getting some student loan forgiveness if you lived outside of Cleveland, Cleveland was it? Yeah, Cleveland yeah. area. You know, I, Kalamazoo's pretty far north, right? So they can't be considered part of the Rust Belt. I mean, if you right? mean pretty far north, about same far north as Detroit, then yes. Oh, I feel like it's too far north. I, I think it should be like the Ru Rust brooch or something, like a different mm -hmm. accessory Possibly. than a belt. A rust USB charging cable that also doubles as a bracelet. Okay, that's enough out of you. Hmm. If you want to email us, do so. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. We answer your email on air. Sometimes the answers are correct, and sometimes they're, they're just wrong. I mean, not like wrong answers, but like we go down a weird path. First show from the new studio. Dame, thanks for joining me as always, buddy. Yeah, it was fun. If you want to email us and say Dame is funny, do so. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. We don't expect any. Send you good vibes. Good vibes are all in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. <laughs>